In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 272. That's right. Uh, what month were these books from? <laughs> so uh, far behind right now. Oh my god, I know. It seems... Let's see, what... In real we're covering life... 10 and 11, folks, so th- uh, of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So those had to be, what, January books? Uh, I, think. I think so, because 15, I think, just came out not too long ago. Oh, 13, 14. No, that's probably... What's that, December? Well, let's are see. These, are these from December? Maybe they are. Shit, are we yeah, this far yeah, behind? Yeah, 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 yeah. They might be. Of course, if they would just make it so much... I'm flipping through these... I'm flipping through these issues now. It'd be so much easier if they were... Let's see. We know it came out in... Well, it says direct sales February 2017, but that's when it... I'm not sure what that means. Let's take a look at what it says on the final page. Yeah, DC always dates those forward. Yeah, I know. Uh, but... Yeah. So probably probably was probably was December because of ten and, we're doing ten and eleven, so twelve and thirteen would have been January, and four and fourteen and fifteen are the ones that just came out this month in, in February. Yeah. So, so December. Yeah. Which is, well, all right, guys. Uh, we are covering December books: Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, issues ten and eleven. I am taking uh, issue ten. Mark is taking issue eleven. Do you want to do what we do, like we usually do with a? Uh, Issue review and then recap, or you want to do them back to back and recap them together, or what do you want to do this time around? Uh, let's let's do issue by issue. Do the recap. Do the re- recap and discussion. <clears throat> All right. So we open on Bottled Light Part Three by Lanterns Light, writer Robert Venditti, artist Ed Benes, colorist Jason Wright, letterer Dave Sharp. Cover by Ethan Van Skyver and Dave Wright. Variant cover by Kevin Nolan. Nolan, whatever. Assistant editor Andrew Marino. Editor Mike Cotton and group editor Edward Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we open up in space. It doesn't matter, the, the sector. Um, Brainiac ship. Uh, one of Brainiac ships. Actually, it says the reconstituted ship of Brainiac 2.0. So that's already a reference to something. Uh, out in space, uh, Brainiac is putting the uh, bottled city from Zudar, which is uh, Tomartu's home world, uh, onto the ship and cataloging all the occupants inside, not just including the Zudarians, but also including the various core members inside with the Zudarians, from both the Green Lantern Corps and from the Sinestro Corps. Uh, just of note, just in case you forgot... He mentions Kilowog as a bull of Axion and says previously listed as extinct. Um, 
uh, there's a brief argument between uh, John and Sora. Um, then there's some rumbling and some buildings start falling apart uh, because Brainiac is tilting and moving the the, the ship uh, or the bottles rather, and the um, lanterns all go to brace the city. Uh, and Brainiac says a fascinating display. Of luminescence, the Grand Collector will enjoy the spectacle very much. Okay, then we cut on over uh, to a cave, I guess, uh, somewhere, uh, in Space Sector 2814, the planet Nock. So that's the homeworld of the Indigo Tribe. Though interesting, we haven't seen any Indigo Tribe members. <clears throat> and we see... Uh, Ganthet and Sade. Ganthet and Sade. Now, the narrative box uh, says something that we will come back to, I think, in Mark's issue. Ganthet and Sade, last of the original... La- okay, so, Ganthet and Sade, last of the original Guardians of the Universe. We'll come back to that next issue, I think. And immortal creators of the Green Lantern Corps. They thought they would live the rest of their existence in exile. Duty compels them to become guardians once more, but they cannot do it alone. And there stands Kyle Rayner talking to Ganthet and Sade as Ganthet hovers above his hand, Hal Jordan's ring. So he says, so you've come back, you called me from halfway across the freaking universe to what? Find Hal and give him his ring back? He'll come grab it when he's ready. He's saying no. You know, Hal is gone. He, the only left essence uh, of him left is within this ring that he forged with his own will. And Kyle doesn't believe it because, you know, he's never heard of something like that. Uh, he's the White Lantern, so they hand him the ring anyway. Just look. And he's like, but it's like you said, I'm the White Lantern. I've seen stuff, you know, but I've never seen a ring that. And then he gets shocked. He's like, how? He's like, tell me what to do. And he says, you must iota, uh, muster every iota of power you possess. Uh, time is our enemy in two realms. And we go within the ring. Uh, or maybe a portal, a different world via the ring. <clears throat> and Hal is having a conversation with Abin. Uh, Abin Sur, who he gave his, uh, di- his dying wishes to give the, the ring to Hal there. Hal is kind of, he's being led through the green mist by Lantern's light. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, with Avin, and Avin's being sort of cagey, but uh, Hal's saying, you know, I've tried to live up to your legacy, and I stopped Sinestro, and, and he says, then you, you honor my legacy more than I ever could by undoing it. My failure as his mentor, meaning Sinestro, allowed Sinestro to become the cruel reflection of the Lantern he once was. Many of the others are here because of him. That is my true legacy. And Hal says, others? What others? And Abin says, was I not clear? Everyone. And you have a double splash page of various lanterns in the shadows. You have Tomar Ray. You have Kat Matui. I can see Chip back there. That, uh, is that the, the horn guy? Is that Kehan? Is that his I name? I think so. Uh, you also have Jack T. Chance. You have uh, Laria. Uh, I never knew how you were supposed to say her name exactly. There's Buzzed in the background. Is that Green Man? Is that his name? Right by Tomar Ray? I think, I think so. His name is, I think his name is Green Man. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's Chaselon or something right like that, right there in the very back with the... the looks like He just looks like a ball. Yes. Back there in the back. Um, those are the only ones I, I immediately recognize, obviously just because there's more features than just sh- a shadow. Uh, Buzzed is easy to call out because he's a bug. Um, and he has red eye. 
True. Shining. Uh, I feel like I might know who this is in the far right with the Green Lantern symbol visible, but I'm not sure. Uh, <clears throat> and then back in the cave on Nock, uh, Hal, uh, or Kyle is tapping into the ring and calling out to Hal. He's basically saying, I can't do this. Like, this is impossible. This is too much. There's, Meanwhile, a, sho- there's a shocker with Kyle saying something like that. <laughs> which, I mean, which is uh, better. Oh, by the way, his face mask looks awesome. <laughs> so yeah. much better now. And he's, really, he's kind of like really buffed up in this issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he reaches out. He's calling to Hal. He says, Hal, it's Kyle. And with Ganthet and Sade, they're alive, Hal. We want you to come back. And within the ring, Kat Matui comes up to Hal and says, Hal, you're really here. He says, you're looking good for someone who died twice. Kat Matui goes, how is he? How is John? He misses you so much he never talks about it. And she says, always be there for him, Hal, and tell him to live well. And then Tomar Ray approaches him and says, what, if, what about my son? Tell me of Tomar too. He took your place, Tomar Ray. He's the Green Lantern of Sector 2813, just like his old man was. One of the best. Hated me for a while, but who hasn't? I'd share the sky with him anytime. And Tomar Ray says, my son wears my ring. I wish he could know my pride. Hal then turns to Abbott and says he lost the Green Lantern Corps. You know, he's referring to, the, he still doesn't know the Green Lantern Corps is back in the universe. Uh, and Abbott says, well, they're still alive, otherwise they'd be here. And as much as we'd like to see them, it's comforting to know they're still out there. Hal, uh, Kyle is still calling to Hal within the ring on the outside. This is a whole back and forth. Kyle doesn't think he can do it, and you know, just just know that as I'm as I'm reading what's happening within the ring, know that Kyle is still struggling to pull Hal out of the ring. Abin says there is an imbalance in the universe. Even even here, we feel it. Hope dims. Without hope, all will be lost. You must rekindle the light. And Abin says, "Why me, Abin? You could have picked anyone to inherit your ring. Why?" Why pick me to do any of this? And Abin says, it is no great mystery. My vessel crashed on Earth. I was dying. You were there. And Hal says, I don't feel right. And that's when Kyle's energy sort of bleeds through. You can see the white mists uh, kind of breaking up the green. And Abin says, you sense that, is not, that it is not yet your time. Hal says, Kyle? Uh, Kyle outside shouts Hal, for Hal. Hal says something is happening to him. His hand lights up, starts disappearing. Abin says, the question you should ask is not why I gave you my ring, but how were you able to wear it? How have you achieved such great feats? Your will is who you are, Hal Jordan. You made yourself a Green Lantern, not me. The Green Lantern Corps waits for you. Tell them, find hope or all is lost. And outside, Hal's hand is forming his arm. It's being pulled out into the real world. And then there's a flash of light, and and Kyle says, see, I, I can't do it. And then Ganthet says, you already did, Kyle Rayner. And you can see Hal floating above saying, I'm back. And then over in Space Sector 2828, entering the Vega system, the lawless frontier of space beyond the control of any police force. For one, it is a trip home. He is a passenger aboard a ship of collection. And you see Brainiac marching through all the rooms of various collected beasts and cities. A passenger whose presence reeks of feverish rot. Rot of the mind and the soul. And Brainiac hands off the city to a pair of clutching hands. The latest addition to the inventory grand collector. I have cataloged it in the database. And off in the shadows. Ooh, the yellow and the green. Two for one. And they're mine. And it's Larflees clutching the city 
of uh, Zud- uh, from Zudar, uh, and it says, Next Greed Rules. I will say from the get-go, just that very last page, um, uh, uh, Ed Benes did his damnedest to recreate that cover from the Agent Orange storyline. Yeah, that's true. This is like this is probably one. Of the, if it's not the best Larfleas has looked since that storyline, it's it's certainly one. It's certainly right up there with one of the best panels slash you know pages we've seen of Larfleas Laura since he was introduced. That that that's a really really good page. But this is just as a whole before we start breaking it apart. This is this is a really good issue. I mean, this is, this might arguably be the best issue of the series so far. Which is why I asked to recap. Oh it. yeah, there's, there's no doubt you got the bet. You got the better of the two issues here. I mean, and then the second issue is a is a steaming pile compared to this. Well, I mean, we got Kyle back. He's a White Lantern. We have Ganthet and Sade. We have all these classic shoutouts to other lanterns. It happens in this world within a ring. Uh, I mean, Larflees is here. The only thing I don't like is is the is the inclusion of Brainiac, but it actually it does make sense that if Larflees was going to call upon anyone to help him with his collection, it's going to be Brainiac. Yeah, it definitely fits. There's <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it that it fits. Um, some of the stuff in Emerald in the but Emerald Space here, I think. Isn't there kind of like a contradiction already? Because in, did, when we were introduced to Abin, like I think, which I think was last issue, it's been so long since we did it. A, didn't Abin Abin kind of like made it so, seem or sound like he had no idea about Sinestro turning bad, right? That is that not what he said? That that doesn't sound right or anything. That Sinestro would never have done this or blah blah blah. And now in this issue, he's talking about how a lot of the lanterns are here because of Sinestro. So that doesn't really seem to that it seems to be a Two things that don't really mesh, hmm. right? If, if, if it's... I don't, I don't remember. It's, it does sound like something I've heard Abin say, but this is not the first time we've seen dead Abin. No, I, I'm, I'm not talking. In, I think, I think it was last. I thought it was. I thought it was last issue, but I, I have to see if I still have it. I may have. I have to double check it. I'm, pre, but I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that. Do you think, are you thinking about maybe Avin when Hal died during uh, Wrath of the First Lantern? No, no, I don't. Hmm. I don't. I'm, I don't think that I'm thinking of that. I thought because don't forget because when they first met in, in, in Emerald Space, there right, Avin didn't really. Avin wasn't 100% sure who Hal was, right, or something like that. There was there was some kind of disconnect between. Them. So I don't know. Uh, it really go, sucks. Oh, I don't have that issue yeah, in front of me. I, I'll, I'll have to go back. I'll have to go back and, and 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 dig it up. But I thought, and I could be wrong. So if I'm so if I'm getting the if I'm thinking of the wrong issue, then I apologize. But I thought Abin, I thought Abin wasn't sure about when they first met in Emerald Space, like an issue or so ago. He wasn't that when Hal was talking about Sinestro, that he just he kind of like almost was like that that can't be right. Sinestro wouldn't have done something like that. So, so if I'm well, wrong, then it's not a then it's not a, a continuity issue. But if I'm right, then it kind of, then it is a continuity issue. So, um, well, the 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 stuff in the Emerald Space made me flashback too, but much further back to uh, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps when we first saw Necron. 
True. When uh, Hal had to cross over into the dead zone and called upon all the dead Green Lanterns uh, to help fight back Necron and Krona and all them. Uh, we're talking like the 80s, folks. <laughs> Uh, so was it the eighties or was it this like the seventies? When did that story come out? It's a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, uh, I just, just the fact that it's a dead zone, there's dead green lanterns. They are who they are and they, they light up green. Like I can see somebody taking that storyline and flashing back to it, but putting this artistic spin on it and it's still working the exact same way. You know, the lanterns look like themselves other than just sort of silhouettes, green silhouettes of light. Right. Um, and just, but just inserting what we see here and them carrying their lanterns. So I think that's, I mean, that's, it made me think of that and wish we had like some sort of modern flashback. Remember the first time we met Necron or like, or, you know, something like that. Through uh, the years. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> the stuff with Kyle Rayner, um, He's back, and uh, I, I said it last time, but I, I told you, none of that Omega Men stuff matters. <laughs> so there you go. Um, as far as Gampit and Sade, I, what I have to say about them probably is going to tie into your issue more than that. I mean, it's cool to see him. Uh, it's cool to see Gampit have such faith in Kyle still. Um I don't know. It, it, sometimes it's hard to tell uh, with Ganthet. You know, Ganthet. I sort of have the benefit that give him the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes you get this feeling that is does Ganthet have faith in Kyle or whoever he's talking to, or does it, it, is he f- faking help for or, uh, faking it for necessity's sake? Like, <laughs> I believe in you, Kyle, only because if you don't do this. We're yeah. fucked. <laughs> I believe in you because you're the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some, sometimes I get that feeling from Ganthet, and I'm not sure. But like I said, I, it, it, that's probably just naivety or, or just me just being uh, pessimistic. So uh, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes I get that feeling from Ganthet. But that's, um, but that's because that's the way Ganthet – in the beginning, that's the way Ganthet always was to Kyle. Yeah. He kind of made it clear that you know you just happen to be there, and it's like, uh, oh, oh no, 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 the, you'll you'll never defeat him. Let me go get let me go get help and just leave Kyle in the lurch and stuff. Yeah, so that so he kind of for a long because realistically their relationship didn't really change until he you know he restored the power battery and brought the guardians back. That's yeah. when Kyle and Ganthet's personal relationship actually kind of t- took a turn where it was much less where it, it was much closer than kind of like a. Maybe like an early Yoda Luke relationship that that, that never kind of really got too far beyond that until until he brought the Guardians back for, and restored the power battery. So. Right. Um, <clears throat> it was it was a short interaction, and by short guys, I was I, I glossed over it, and it was two panels. Um, the the John Stewart and Cat uh, Matui tension. Do you buy that? Like, do you buy that all of a sudden John just doesn't trust her simply because she's wearing a yellow ring? You mean Sora? You said Captain. Sora. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's forced. I think I yeah I I think it's. I mean, the, the the dynamic works in in story because not only is it green versus yellow, but it's leader of core versus leader of core. 
No, yeah, I mean, it, it, it works, and as we're about to see, it, you know, it actually works in their favor, you know, but the reality, yeah, some, sometimes they, I think they go, they give John a stick up his ass just to give him a stick up his ass, you know, and I think, and I think it's, it's like you, it's like he's got, it's like I'm the leader and I gotta show you the leader by more or less, like, <laughs> making sure everybody else realizes that I'm better than they are. No. Uh, it, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it, it logically it doesn't make a lot of sense why he would be so quick to just assume the absolute worst about about Sora, other than other than her, you know, her her blood. Uh, you have Guy vouching for, and yes, potentially Guy could have been brainwashed, but you know, I think it's kind of clear at this point that he wasn't. But it's, yeah, I think I think it's forced. It does serve, obviously, as we're about to see, it's it, it helps serve a purpose plot wise. Or they get to take advantage of that real tension between the two of them and use it to their fa- in their favor. But I, but there, I mean, I guess part of part of my critique in general is I think some of the stuff we've seen is kind of forced. Like I see, while Kyle and I was kind of you know I was joking but not entirely joking about you know Kyle you know the whole oh, Kyle dadding himself. Come on, we've never seen that before. That. That actually, at least, you know, Robert on that level is kind of writing Kyle the way Kyle usually is. You know, whether you like Kyle, whether you don't like Kyle, you know, that's part of who Kyle is, which is one of the reasons, you know, at the end of the day, personally, no matter what wing, no matter what ring he's wearing, he, I wouldn't be picking him to be to stand by me over Hal, Guy, or John, is because Kyle constantly doubts himself, regardless of the power set that he has. He, I mean, other than maybe when he was Ion the first time, but that was, but. Kyle tends to always have a this self-doubt stuff. So that's Which I buy, I buy it here. I'm sorry to interrupt, but okay. I, I buy it here because in the Green Lantern series when Kyle was the torchbearer, when he was literally the only one there, um, it got old because you you ended up with you know two, a, a butt ton of issues in the series, and it eventually got to a point where, like, seriously, Kyle, you've been doing this for years now. Like, just, let's just, <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're capable. But I buy it here that he's kind of reverting to that, because now he is, for all intents and purposes, the most powerful lantern, with wielding a power that's completely unknown, and he hasn't been doing it, I would say, in-universe very long. And... I don't. I we'll, we'll we'll see next issue if there's any reference to it or or subsequent issues. It doesn't seem from what we see here that that other White Lantern core is in play. If it still happened, I'm sure it still happened. We just haven't. Okay. Well, and, 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 either either way, he doesn't have a lot of experience with this White Lantern power, and it's for all intents and purposes the most powerful power. So it makes sense for him to revert slightly back to the mentality of I'm not good enough or I don't know if I can do this because he literally doesn't know if he can do this. I mean, I can see some of that, but let's, but let's also be, let's, let's back, since we're talking about this, let's backtrack slightly. We know, I mean, Kyle's been actually a white lantern for a long time because he was a white lantern. He was a white lantern. When did he, he became a white lantern right in the beginning of the new 52. That's why I said in universe. Uh, to to us, he's been it for a while, but in story, because remember, uh, Kyle, uh, not Kyle, uh, Simon Baz became a Green Lantern in story. How long did they say? 
How long? How, yeah, how many? How they... many months does Simon have on Jessica? Right, but we don't know. If, but we still don't really one hundred percent know if, if Hal was kind of like kind of just speaking generally. I don't think necessarily he meant. Oh, you literally have been, had it for like you know weeks before she did. I mean, he may have just been just making the point that in the sliding scale of things, you you bear you know you you're barely a Green Lantern more than her. But I I know and that's another thing with all these. We keep having all these reboots, and it's the continuity again of trying to figure out how how you can reconcile how long in real time one person's been you know been a Green Lantern over over another. But I just go back and I and Kyle. I mean, Kyle has done a lot of, a lot of things with the, and been seen a lot with that White Lantern ring. So it would also seem kind of weird on one level that he would be again so willing to think, oh no, I can't do that. But we've seen that happen before. We've seen that happen before too. But I think the, another thing that bothers me, we'll see it more. We see it, I don't know if we see it as much in, in issue 11, but we certainly see it, uh, we certainly see it more when in, in the next few issues. That, on the other hand, while Kyle still kind of had, like, we see the self-doubting Kyle, there's also like a chip on Kyle's shoulder, it seems like. And I'm not, and I'm, the, we'll, and we'll get into it more when it comes up in these issues, but I'm not really sure if I like the way Kyle's being written, and certainly like relating Hal. Seems like there's a whole lot of uh, uh, dick measuring going on between Hal and Kyle that never really was part of their relationship before. And yes, I know you could zero in on Carol being potentially the part part of that, but it just seems like that's not the way Kyle ever was, you know, with, with Hal. So, Which may show growth on one level, is that though it seems immature, I might show growth on one level because that just shows Kyle is now becoming, you know, more confident. You know, that... Yeah, it could uh, be... It, I always saw the relationship between Kyle and Hal not as more like little brother looking up to big brother, but like younger cousin looking up to older cousin. You know, not as close as brothers, but, you know, there's some ties in there. And you know, I don't know about you, but with my cousins, you know, you're close, you're family, you love each other. But the relationship between me and my cousins is different than the relationship between me and a sibling. You know, there there's a certain amount of rivalry, maybe dick measuring, if you want to call it that, kind of kind of uh, uh, tension between cousins versus that that is not as prevalent, I guess, with siblings. I don't have a brother, so I wouldn't yeah, I know. Say, I guess, I think, but I think that's greatly dependent on on, the, on probably the sex of the siblings. I'm sure that I'm and sure, the relationship, I guess, between yes, the siblings. Yes. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot more of the whole of that whole. Let's just say the measuring aspect of things, of uh, the living up to, trying to measure up to the standards and everything else. I, I think it's much more prevalent. Depending, yes, in general terms, based on the relationship, but also certainly based on the gender. That if you have, if you have, if you have three brothers, they're much more likely to be in that situation than if you have a, a brother and like two sisters. You know, it's mm. not, not going to be the same dynamic that you know, with, at least from the, with the brother in there, it's going to be different. So. Um, I also like who he talks to in the green zone. Yes, obviously, Abin guides him through. That makes sense. But he talks to Katma. He talks to um, Tomar. Uh, Tomar. Um, it might have made sense if he talked to Lara, or maybe it, it would have been funny or, or, or interesting. Uh, it would be cool if he talked to more people. But I think if they only picked to Katma and Tomar, it makes sense. Uh, I think you could have maybe. No, no, I think those are probably the best two. 
I would have liked to see something, some sort of exchange between him and Lara, just especially with how she ended up dying and yes, her yes. mental state. That would have been something interesting to see. Um, it would have been interesting to see maybe him and Chip talk, because they did have kind of a relationship. So, And Lara didn't even, and Lara didn't even die as a Green Lantern. No, she died as a Red Lantern. Yeah, so that's, that's a potential... That's a potential uh, no pun intended. That's a potential red flag too, as in what exactly yeah. Emerald Space is. Because why, you know? Because she, she didn't. She didn't die as a Green Lantern, true, but she wasn't necessarily uh, voluntarily made a Red Lantern either. The ring just kind of grabbed her when she didn't have a Green Lantern ring. She was stripped of her Green Lantern ring. Right. So that's but you could make a case that's yet another reason why she shouldn't be dying and, and, and becoming this Jedi spirit that hangs out with the others because she wasn't because she you know she was you know she was being punished for you know excommunicated punished by who it was it was the guardians she, yeah she was put on trial because of when she when she just when she killed that what did she do she killed the Sinestro Corps member in cold blood didn't she. "Quote unquote uh, blood." I think that was. I think that's what her crime was. Well, first of all, she's being accused by the guardians, who we proved several years later are corrupted. <laughs> well, yeah, but we know she did. <laughs> and that she killed. She her. killed somebody before the lethal force was enabled, but they ended up enabling lethal force anyways. <laughs> well, <laughs> After I, I, that. I, I, I don't think. I don't think the issue. I don't necessarily think the issue was that she killed that member. It's that it's the fact that she didn't have to kill that member. That, if I remember, I that's I think that's how I remember. That's how I think I remember it is that she basically it was not necessary. It was not like it was not necessary that she did that. She she didn't have to do that, but she did it anyway. And I think that's what ended up have, having her brought up. Why she basically was brought up on charges because of how that was relayed back to the guardians of what she did. It's been a long time, you know. Obviously, this goes back to before Blackest Night, so. But I think that's what happened with her, and I think that's why she was, you know, she was stripped and and sentenced and everything else, and then basically rescued by her, you know the red ring. So. Uh, well, you want to move on to the next issue? Yeah, which won't, which probably won't take us all that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so issue eleven here, uh, Bottle Light Part Four, titled "The Great Escape," Robert Venditti, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona. Tomei Moray, Dave Sharp, uh, cover Sandoval, Tarragona, and Moray, variant cover, Kevin Nolan again. I'm not quite sure why he gets to do all these variant covers. Uh, so I know I know, technically he signed a contract, but I mean, I don't know why. Because most of these covers have not been that spectacular, the, the extra ones. Uh, Andrew Marino and Mike Cotton, the editors, and of course Eddie Berganza, the group editor there. So we kind of begin in the past. In uh, sector 2828 and the planet Okara, and we have you know Laura Flea's kind of doing his own thing about how you know you know he needs is like he basically he just needs more and more stuff and basically we find out that besides throwing besides a, is that glo- supposed to be Glommy? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Instead of picking on poor Glommy again, we find that he basically he finds this version of a of, of Brainiac 2.0 who at the moment is is not working. But because of Larfleet slamming his fists on him and getting a spark of orange energy, it basically <laughs> reboots Brainiac 2.0, and he kind of finds out, you know, that uh, more or less in his reboot cycle, he kind of like says, basically, he says who he is and what he does about, you know, he's a collector and 
preservationist of organic life forms throughout the universe, and all of a sudden that, that magic word collector just has his eyes glowing super orange. It's like, show me your collection. And now we jump to the present, where we see, you know, basically Brainiac 2.0, who is essentially a slave to uh, Lorfleece, at least <laughs> for the time being. And we see Lorfleece, like, leaping out with his energy constructs. Even though, again, Glommy... Well, Glommy shouldn't even be there anymore, I don't... Uh, but I, it's, it's all convoluted. It's like He's like, to the Horde! Add everything to the Horde! And, you know, Brainiac addresses him as the Grand Collector, which we kind of all figured out by that splash page and we had kind of speculated on before that, uh... Who, you know, who the Grand Collector actually was, and, you know, Laura Fleece points out, you know, don't get, don't get too cozy, Brainiac, we need more and more stuff. It's like, you're shrinking, te- I like this part, your shrinking technology has basically solved the only problem I ever had, which was storage space. <laughs> uh, so, and this is when kind of like Brainiac also points out that at the end of the day, you know, we're not, you know, uh, Lorfleet says, hey, you know, we're kind of almost like friends at this point, and Brainiac points out, no, we're not friends at all. Like, basically, once I'm able to figure out a way to override, you know, your control over me, that I'm going to collect you and put you put you in a bottle yourself. And, uh, you know, Lorfleet doesn't really uh, take take that to heart too much, and he, and he talks, and he kind of like, in a way, praises Brainiac about, oh, don't be so modest, you know, you caught Starro, and he used them to lure, basically, the lanterns into the trap, and it's like... Uh, now at this point, you know we go inside, you know the, the Zudarian city, and we Lorfleece makes it clear exactly who's in control since the 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 orange lantern symbol is kind of like projected into and onto through the bottle. So at that moment, John realizes who they're dealing with, and you know while Tomar is still kind of like having a you know kind of having a reunion with his with his mom and everything else, John's trying to. John's trying to figure out a strategy, and John know because John feels fairly confident that because he, now that he knows who they're dealing with, and it's Larflees, and even though he's kind of like he's psychotic, but there's a basically there's a method to his madness. You know that that there there's a he has a sense, warped though it is, there's a sense of what makes this guy tick that drives him, so we could use that to to our advantage. And this is and John pretty much has a. This is when John starts forming the plan, and Sora makes it clear that, hey, you know, I'm not sitting this one out. I'm not going to be the water boy, or girl, in this case. I want to be involved. Now we switch back to Nock, <coughs> excuse me, where Kyle and Hal are having this, this this big bro reunion moment, you know, you know, clasping hands and everything, and it's like, uh, Hal, I kind of asking like, kind of like a, a dumb question, like, why are you here? And it's like, well, it's like, I'm here to have, basically to bring you back. And it's like, Ganthan and Sade helped a little, and, you know, uh, Hal's genuinely surprised that Ganthan and Sade are alive, because, of course, Sinestro was supposed to have killed all, all the original Guardians at the end of Wrath of the First Lantern. But Ganthan, you know, re- reveals that Sinestro basically let us, you know, he let us, uh, he spared us, he let us live. Ganthan kind of sings Hal's praises a little bit about how, you know, it's quite impressive that, uh, you know, you were able to harness the green light of will and make your own ring. It's like, uh, reckless as is your habit, you know, but impressive, and it saved you. You know, you had dissipated into pure willpower, and basically somehow because of the specialness or uniqueness of Hal's ring, that basically allowed that little tether to still exist, that Kyle was able to bring him back. Um, 
Hal then explains exactly what he saw, where he was, and he talks about Emerald Space. And now, of course, Ganthet and Sade seem like completely shocked about Emerald Space. It's like, no, this can't possibly be, be tr you know, really be, really be true. We kind of thought it was more or less just. Uh, he said, "You sure, basically, it wasn't more or less in your in your mind, based on you know the the altering event physically, the, the altering physical state and everything that he just went through." Because all I know is that it felt real, and it helped me, and I know what you know. I know what we're supposed to do next. And it's like, uh, and Hal's real depressed. It's like, you know, I found the core all right, referring to Emerald Space, but not the one that I wanted. You know, the one that I really wanted is lost, and yes, I didn't accomplish it. And this is when uh, Kyle points out, you don't know, do you? And Ganthet and Sade, you know, everybody looks at him, and Hal is told by Ganthet that the Green Lantern Corps has already returned, and that makes uh, Hal all happy. He's like flying off. It's like, they're back! It's like, my friends are safe! Now in uh back in in the bottled city we have uh I like that Sora kind of does a her what is that energy construct or what does it look like or is it, is it supposed to really be anything I don't know it looks like because it looks like it's some machinery it looks like cause it looks like someone has some but either way she you know she blasts John going like you you, you call you know you you call that a plan it's like uh, how did the Green Lantern Corps <laughs> pretty much ever make you you know, their leader, and John's like, oh, what are you, what are you afraid of, Sora, that I'm going to show you up, and then, of course, Sora and John go at it, and as soon as Sora and John go at it, you know, the Sinestro Corps members and the Green Lantern Corps members leap into action to defend their respective leaders, and basically, they, you know, they start, they start duking it out, um, at this point, you know, Tomar, you know, Tomar is, uh, Tomar is talk, still talking to his mom, and, you know, uh, basically Tomar is, like, really hoping for acceptance here from his mom, but she's kind of being a hard-ass about this. She's kind of, like, saying, you know, this is why I hoped you would not repeat your father's choices. Do you see Do you see how being a Green Lantern threatens all that you love? So they keep going back and forth. Jo you know, John kind of makes it seem like, you know, the, you know, the, the Sinestro Corps... Actually, it's like you're you're outgunned, so you pretty much have no shot. But Sora points out, really, you think you think that's the case? That at the end of the day, there may be fewer of them, but all the, the Zudarians are basically feeling fear about what's going on, and that helps spike the Sinestro Corps' power levels. Um, at this, Hal, you know, Hal and Kyle and Ganthet and Sade return to Mogo, expecting to find the Green Lantern Corps, and of course, they're not there. Uh, I like how like is it okay for me to give you a hug and it's like uh, <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with a hug Mogo says and you know everybody picks up real quick that something's wrong and we're like where's the Green Lantern Corps and actually at that moment it's pretty cool because they're kind of really getting laid out pretty good but it's an Estro Corps now you know uh, Larflees is kind of watching all this and he's starting to get concerned because he doesn't want anything to happen to uh Either basically any any of his prized subjects in 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 that container, and the grand collector kind of points out that uh, you know that the energy light, you know, the orange light energy within my systems compels me to basically tell you that you know there's some unique specimens, singular specimens in that in that basically that receptacle. So if, <laughs> if that thing get, ends up being destroyed, and or if the greens and the yellows destroy keep destroying each other, that you know some of those uh prize specimens could be destroyed and they Brainiac, were, not the not the Grand Collector. You refer oh, to Brainiac as the Grand I'm Collector. Sorry. 
I said the Grand Barflees Collector. is the Grand Collector. I said yeah. the Grand. I meant Brainiac is telling Lorflees this. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, so Brainiac is telling Lorflees this about how the uh, how all these there would be some irreplaceable specimens in this, and you know you. So so kind of so kind of like Lorflees doesn't really know what to do. It's like uh, you know it's like uh, you know if some if some of these. Some of these specimens were lost. It really wouldn't be that big a deal since your collection is vast. But of course, you know, the Lord Fleas doesn't want to lose, doesn't want to lose anything. Uh, so pretty much, you know, Lord Fleas orders. It kind of pretty much says we got to get them out. Every, everything has to be mine. Nothing. So he doesn't want anything damaged. And basically, what happens is, you know, Lord Fleas break, breaks open the breaks open the receptacle. And basically, by doing that, he frees the greens and the yellows, and that's that's when we <laughs> that's when we essentially find out that this was all part of John and so- and Sora's plan to go at each other's to kind of force Larfleeze's hand. So now we have the Sinestro Corps members and and the Green Lantern Corps squaring off against Larfleeze, and now we we switch back right at the end to Ganthet and Sade. It's like a, it's like we cannot guide the Green Lanterns if we cannot find them. You know, communications and Mogo is saying this communication and location data is no longer interrupted. Where are they? They point out they're in the Vega system, the planet Okara. And you know, Ganth is like, why would they possibly have gone there? It's out of their jurisdiction. And Hal's like, Lord friggin' fleas, which, which is exactly what John said once he realized who, who was keeping them in the bottle. So. Next up. Orange Crush. A, a nice, tasty beverage. <laughs> <clears throat> I say I never had orange crush. I think Isn't it that powder drink or it's like tang or something? No, no, I think it's I I think orange crush is a soft drink. Okay. Uh man. Um You definitely got the better issue. Yeah. Uh I do like seeing Larfleas again, uh, just because uh you know, we're a little behind on reviews guys, so we've all been catching up, but obviously we will be covering the new uh Star Trek Green Lantern series and over in that series, Larflees is drawn like he was during, uh, was it Brightest Day, when he had, like, the flat face or whatever? I hate that. I hate that so much. So I'm so glad to see this Larflees back, the sort of muzzle, dog snout type of uh, creature. So that's cool. Um, quick note, it's just probably an artistic choice, but... So, are we to say that Okara was always like this, or are we to say that in uh, the absence of a core or anything like that, or in the rise to power of Larfleet, he's now taken over all of Okara? Because when you see Okara, the actual planet, it has the orange lantern symbol over the entirety of the planet. Whereas before, Larfleet was sort of hidden in a cave on Okara. It's probably something that just happened over time as he's kind of established his dominance. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Or it could have just been, like you said, it could have just been artistic license just to indicate <laughs> what, what's there and who's, who it belongs to. Um, I do like the fact that this is an old version of Brainiac because that explains why Hal, or not Hal, uh, Larflees is able to muster some but not all control over Brainiac because Brainiac is asserting himself in such that he's talking back to Larflees, but still doing everything he says. So, that's interesting. I have less of a problem with that than I do, like, in Threshold, <laughs> when they comment, that stupid robot, <laughs> yep. what, uh, 
took control over uh, an upgraded version of Brainiac. That was just stupid. Uh, but this makes sense. An old junk version of Brainiac brought back online by by uh, Larflees. That makes more sense. Um, <sighs> Other than that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting. I, I they, they don't say it in here, so I'm assuming they say it in 12 or 13. I mentioned it last when we were covering 10. It's not a spoiler for anything coming up on our future reviews. At some point in either 12 or 13, I think Hal, not Hal, either either a narrative box or I think Ganthet himself refers to him and said as the last Guardians. Not the last of the original Guardians, like it says in 10. That's why I made an emphasis there. In the future, I think he says the last Guardians, which means the Templar Guardians are gone. Yeah, but that, well, see the... And- Touching upon that briefly, because it, it, it's a point that that relates to a story beat that actually happens in, in the other title, that we also have a couple a statement when Green Lantern show up to meet, meet Jessica and Simon, how they kind of reference the fact that all the they thought all all the Guardians basically are dead, all the Guardians, uh, but that means nothing because because they could just be assumed missed dead because they hadn't been seen in so long. But it doesn't make any sense because we because we already know, technically speaking, we already know Ganthet and Sade, no matter what, aren't the last Guardians because Raimi's alive. Yes. So that's so I, I, I take that as just either our artistic license the way they're describing the term or because they just want to they want you to believe or they want or they themselves believe that they are the last Guardians because nobody knows about. But even but see that's what's confusing too because. Ganthet and Sade themselves should, unless they, I mean, again, unless they know something we don't, they should know. They they shouldn't think that the Templar Guardians were all de- all destroyed. Um, no, the Templar Guardians came. Didn't they come back before Sinestro killed? Well, they were. They were, they were. They were. They were. They were dealt. They were dealt with because that was remember because the Templar Guardians were guarding Volthoom, and that's when the that's when the current Guardian basically went to go. Uh, they want. They went to go take him out. And, and and that's when the first Templar Guardian bought the farm because because he was killed because he yeah didn't. so yeah so Gan yeah there's no way Ganthet doesn't know that the a the Templar Guardians were still alive inside what the Chamber of Shadows yeah but, I think that's what it was called but they were but yeah so and even so if you would think they would be able to sense that the other Guardians were alive but then if if he really think if they really think they're dead then there's again. Here we go. Been like how many how many years now? What, most, the last time we actually saw the Templar Guardians was what? Wasn't that the last issue of Kyle series? I'm pretty sure. Yes. That's like friggin' like what over t- like two years ago now? Or getting close to it? If it's not, it's like we need to know. Because right after that series was over, we got was it uh, Future's End? No, or was Future's End no, part of that series? Yeah, remember, yeah, it was part of it because remember that's when it was Space Hippie Jesus. Space, I mean, Space Hippie Jesus. Yes. Kyle. Okay, and then and then we got what did we get before we got Rebirth? We got Convergence. Uh, Convergence. Okay, yeah. So, so it was Convergence, and then it was the Convergence Minis, and then we got uh, Lost Army, and then we yes. got uh, Edge of Oblivion. Yeah, one leading into the other. Yes, because after. Yeah. But after 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 rebirth, what well, we I mean after convergence, we just had what the we had Sinestro and the Green Lantern book, and yes. and the and whichever whichever six issue mini we want to talk about, which all led to basically nothing. But yes, 
So I think it's been so. Oh, and and, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, It's because um, in the prior issue, uh, Abin says to Hal, we haven't seen any of the other Green Lantern Corps, which is technically a continuity issue because hundreds, perhaps thousands of Green Lanterns died when they were in the other universe. Because remember, they came back with their forces severely depleted. Right, but unless they want to explain that away because they died in a different universe, it's not going to count. Well, no, but I, I think I think what they were getting at in um, uh, by having Abin say that, and, and I know it's kind of, I, I'm really reaching here and trying to put my mind in the mind of somebody else. That they're not dead. But I, I, yeah, I think, I think what, what Venditti is trying to say here is that the Emerald Space is the Emerald Space everywhere. The same way the antimatter universe undercuts all of reality, like there's only one antimatter universe. You know what I mean? Like they, they, They've always said that there's the multiverse, but there's only one antimatter universe. So would, the, would Emerald Space then just exist only for Green Lanterns? Yeah, not, like... Not, the, well, not just yield, wielders of green energy? Because then you'd have to... It, I mean, well, I mean, I think... I think I think the Emerald Space is is probably just the afterlife, but a section of the afterlife. I don't think it's its own thing. But I... Because I don't... Like, the same way, like, throughout all of DC Comics, not just this stuff, but even going back to, like, Crisis and stuff, you would see all the people who died in various realities heading off into the, to, to the light. Like there's always been this concept in DC Comics, no matter what the what universe you're from, it, throughout the multiverse, there's only sort of one end game where all the souls end up. There's not like a heaven for Earth one and a heaven for Earth right. two and so on and so forth. There's it's it's just one afterlife. I think it wouldn't make sense for there to be uh, for an afterlife specifically for Lantern Corps. I mean, I know that it's a comic book. It doesn't have to make sense, but just generally speaking, it just—I it, it, don't see like the storytelling potential of a of an afterlife solely for Green Lanterns. But it does make sense to me that there are Green Lanterns in the afterlife who, you know, they fought together, they trained together. It, they're, they protected the universe, and it would, it almost makes sense that they're like that they would be almost kind of like gatekeepers to the afterlife. And the same way, like, various religions think that, you know, when you die, you're going to see your grandparents. You're going to see, you know, all those, all the people you love greet you. It would make sense to me, with the bond that the Green Lantern Corps supposedly has with one another, that other Green Lanterns would greet you on the other side. And just, just, because, uh, uh, just with the concept of a lantern, lighting your way, guiding you through the mist. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that makes sense to me. I feel like there is there is one emerald space, but it's not it's not just like its own thing. It's just part of the afterlife. It's a shaky concept to begin with. True, I I, I get that, but I'm just saying. I'm I not, think yeah, I'm not, I'm, I I th- I think that's what that that's what kind of what Venditti is saying here is is if with the emerald space, it's just kind of this one thing. And Abin says he hasn't seen anybody, which either means Abin's lying. Or Abin, Emerald Space is just so big that nobody's seen them yet. Or 
uh, or maybe they that many of them didn't really die. Because, first of all, maybe Abydos doesn't know because of the sheer size of the Green Lantern Corps and the amount of years it's been in operation, how many lanterns would be in Emerald Space. And do all of them get this gig of lighting your way? Or just the ones you're familiar with? The same way, you know, you know, like in any of your, you know, you personally, any of Mark Marble's relatives are not going to greet me on the other side. I don't know them. But so, okay, so so what do you think? So you think they're only there? So do you think they're there all the time, or they're they're just there to bring to bring him bring him over to? I, I mean, I I think they're there to bring him over specifically because Kehan has a connection. Tomare, uh, Kat yeah, but, Matui. Uh, I mean, everybody has everybody you can see and identify in that panel has a connection. How? Yeah, but Kehan hates him. <laughs> That's not a great. That's not somebody you want who'd be waiting for you on the other side. Hey, f you, buddy! Slams the door in your face. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't think Kehan really hated Hal. Yeah, I mean I know. I mean deep down probably not, but I don't know. I so you don't okay. So you don't think this is just a depository of of, of all dead Green Lanterns? I I think it's supposed to be the ones that are there to guide Hal, and I think because Abin knows from the start. The very get go that Hal's not staying. So I don't know. I don't know. First of all, we have to establish. <laughs> we're uh, guys. We're probably never coming back to to the Emerald Space for a while. I don't know. I haven't read ahead. Uh, but <laughs> for all I, for all I know, we're not coming back here. So the, debating this might be pointless, but it's fun, so I don't care. <laughs> the Emerald Space, I think. Abin knows from the get-go that Hal's not supposed to be there and is not going to be there very long. So I wonder if... So we're already in a niche space. We This, we're, this is not a normal Emerald Space situation where somebody dies and the people that he knows are there to guide him back. He They already know he's not staying. Katma herself says, tell John. Meaning, Hal will have the opportunity to tell John. So she knows she knows he's not staying. So I'm wondering if just some of the people were there for Hal's benefit slash to pass along a message. Tomar wanted to know about his son. Katma wanted to know about John and to send him a message. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, em- Emerald Space, and I'm. I'm- Sure, we're going to see this again. Uh, we just don't know how soon we're going to see it again. It's it's a really shaky concept. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a pretty shitty gig. I mean, if if that if if basically if this is like a heaven for Green Lanterns, and that's what it really is. And let's say you're you, anybody who dies, anybody who's a Green Lantern and dies ends up going into Emerald Space. Well, that's a that's a really a pretty shitty gig overall. <laughs> Well, I don't know if they're there forever. Well, that's my point because we don't. That's the thing that's vague about it. What ex- I mean, it seems like calling something Emerald Space. It seems like that's. I mean, there's nothing in there's. I don't think there's anything in the dialogue which indicates that. Oh, this is like a transitional fa- <laughs> transitional place for you. Come with us. We'll take you. We'll take you where you really belong. Well, I mean, it, seems, I think... it seems to me. I mean, it like this was supposed to be like a. Even though I would view it more as a purgatory for Green Lanterns than a heaven for Green Lanterns, that it, it's kind of a crappy deal. I mean, you're not re- reunited with your family and your loved ones, other than your brothers in arms. You're, you're, but there's not. A, we don't know enough to know what it really is. Well, I think Abin calling it Emerald Space isn't necessarily. I mean, it, that's what Abin calls it. 
The same way the speedsters call the speed force something. Max Mercury thinks it's some sort of heavens for speedsters, but other people think it's just another state of being. Like you, in in the um, everybody knows. I've said it a billion times. I'm a big fan of that Green Lantern Heroes Quest novel. Uh, that Denny O'Neill wrote, and that was in a series of Justice League novels, and there was one for Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. There was one for Flash called Stop Motion. It's my favorite of all of them. And in that, Wally goes into the Speed Force and is greeted by this being, and I don't want to spoil it, but is greeted by this being who just kind of laughs at him because, like, he says... It, towards the beginning of their conversation within the Speed Force, because it's the only way he can communicate with this being. Um, he says, you know, I've I've been here to, to the Speed Force. I've been here before. It was very tempting. It was very hard to leave. So he's ascribing some sort of mystical purpose to the Speed Force. And this being laughs at him. And she goes, and, and it goes, like, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to laugh at you. It's just... It's it. I forget sometimes how your world sees things. So he's ascribing some sort of purpose and meaning to the Speed Force, and this being is saying, "Well, no, you just haven't yet, you know, transcended and understood your power enough to understand that the Speed Force isn't really this mystical, magical thing. It's it's a way place. It's a it's a meeting. It's an undercurrent type of thing." It's, it, it can be what you want it to be, what you can make it of it if you're a powerful enough, if you understand your speed, you know, that kind of a thing. I think the same thing applies here. The Emerald Space is the Emerald Space because, because that's all Abin knows of it. Like, it's, there is probably a lot more to it, but all we know here is it's the Emerald Space because that's what Abin knows. That's, that's possible. It's 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 it opens it opens a door that like much like every a lot of other things that we've seen lately or that it's a door that's going to be open and going to stay open for a while because we probably aren't going to they aren't going to be bothered to go and going back to it anytime soon <laughs> probably <laughs> could be wrong but based on tr- based on track record there's a you know it could be another dangling plot point an, an unanswered question which Lord knows we have tons of. All right, anything else about this issue? I know we kind of went off track and started talking about the prior, previous issue, but it's, still. It's, it's all right. I mean, it's 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 the same storyline, and it's been a while since we did it, because if we did it more recently, we'd, re- we'd remember the answer to, to that question of whether what Abin said and what he didn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's still, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, you know, this this, this arc is, is pretty, it's, there's some interesting beats in it, but, like, we'll talk about this when we finish off the uh, uh, Phantom Lantern arc. Part of the problem is the story, even though I guess you could say the, ha- the stuff with Kyle and Ganthet and Sade maybe is arguably the main story because Hal's with them and Hal's the main character. But the, but the actual, you know, the, all the main action piece in the book, if you will, just like with the, uh, in the Phantom Lantern arc over in Green Lanterns, that, that arc, or that part of the story is not nearly as interesting as what's going on behind the scenes with the other characters, and that's part of the problem. You know, Raimi and, Raimi and Volthoom's relationship and what they're talking about has been a hell of a lot more interesting than Jessica and Simon. <laughs> and even the stuff with Lorflees and, and the Sinestro Corps, which was somewhat interesting, just seeing how they not only they play off each other, but how, you know, the, the Sinestro Corps does have a little, has a few tricks up their sleeve, too. 
um, in, that if they were really fighting, that thing, even though in a way they kind of gave away part of their trick, <laughs> part of their part of their part of their little let something out of the bag there. But I don't know. I think it's it's not bad. It's it's not bad. Um, so that's a better. But you had definitely your is, your issue was excellent. I thought I thought issue eleven was pretty eh compared to issue ten. All right. Um, before we wrap up, we got just a couple of quick topics we wanted to touch on, just kind of general news speaking. Uh, Mark, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's do let's do the Star Wars thing, just because it'll be the quickest. I think. I mean, none of them are going to be lengthy, but uh, since the last time we recorded, when we did what Emerald Dawn, they and they announced the title for Episode Eight, which of course is the Last Jedi. And, of course, everybody immediately started speculating what exactly that means. <laughs> because Jedi is both singular and plural. Yeah, so it, it, does, it mean, does it mean one? Does it mean both? Does it mean one now going to mean one the other one later? So, A, what... Is it what, referring to Ray? Is it referring to Luke? Yes. So what... So, I guess, number one, what did you think of the title when you heard it, and what do you think it actually means when I when I heard it, I thought of what Snoke said in The Force Awakens. He refers to, um, don't they refer? No, no was it the, the was it Snoke or was it the opening crawl, the crawl that refers to Luke as the last yeah, Jedi? The crawl absolutely refers to Luke as the last Jedi. Yeah, that's what I thought of. So I thought of Luke immediately, not because of anything like, oh, well, it's official Jedi speaking. It's oh, really only Luke because Ray hasn't had any, you know, that I didn't think of any of that. I just thought of what I. Heard slash saw in Force Awakens. I immediately thought of Luke. Um, <clears throat> I like it. Um, <laughs> have you seen the meme online of <laughs> them putting the Force uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens with you know it says The Force Awakens in between Star and Wars, and then it does the same thing with uh, this this movie. It says Star and then uh, uh, The Last Jedi and then Wars, and they put those side by side. So they <laughs> they they made the title. <laughs> Uh, to the third movie from his nap. Yeah, I saw something. <laughs> the Force Awakens, The Last Jedi from his nap. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe it had to be there. No, it was cute. It was cute. <laughs> um, but that's—I mean—that's all I thought about it. I—I I, I don't give a lot of—I don't give too much speculation to the Star Wars stuff. Mark knows it's not a hundred percent true because there was an article I saw about tying in. Uh, the Grand Admiral uh, Admiral Thrawn into the current ongoing trilogy. We know he's involved in Rebels right now, which is a show I. The more I hear about, the more I want to see. But it's so far into itself right now that I feel like I'd never be able to catch up. So it's my my interest has come too late. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, typically speaking, unless there's something there's there's got to be a very specific button it's got to hit. I don't add too much speculation to, like, the name of the movie. It, I, it did intrigue me when someone, because I didn't think of it myself, but when someone pointed out that Jedi is both singular and plural. That got my wheels turning for half a second, so we'll see. Now, to me, I, when, I, when I heard the title, to me, probably, moving beyond the original trilogy... This probably, along with Revenge of the Sith, are the only two titles that I ever, that when they were announced, I immediately liked. You know, I didn't, I I didn't like, Force Awakens was okay, nothing special. Phantom Menace I hated. 
Attack of the Clones just didn't seem right. You thought, you know. So it, Reven Revenge of the Sith meant something to me because in my mind's eye, there only could have been two titles for Episode Three. It was either going to be Revenge of the Sith or Fall of the Jedi, both of which kind of mirror on some level uh, Return of the Jedi. Revenge is perfect since we know the original title was Revenge of the Jedi, so Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of, you know, we, that kind of goes even, that fits even better. And it was a more apropos title, but, so I loved Revenge of the Sith as a title. I like Last Jedi, too. I think that is really, really good. You can make a strong case just based on what, just on the images that it pr puts into your head, it's one of the better titles of all the movies so far. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is a pretty lame title when you really think about it. <laughs> well, well, you also got to think. The the Force Awakens and A New Hope, okay? Now, I know it wasn't called A New Hope, right. you know, until the second one came out. But still, The Force Awakens and A New Hope, both of those kind of have an uplifting tone. The Last Jedi sounds dark. The same way, even though it's a lame title, The Empire Strikes Back sounds dark. So, I, it, obviously, everybody's already been speculating since The Force Awakens mirrored a lot of the plot points and story progression of uh, A New Hope, that The Last Jedi will mirror a lot of Empire Strikes Back, which would make sense. It it also sort of makes sense that the if that's true, that the two would be darker connotations of a movie title. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, that's, I think there's a certain truth in that when you look at the comparing you know, apples to apples there. I think to me the title I think the title works. I think the title refers to both of them. I think it talks that number one obviously refers to immediately refers to Luke because technically he is the last actual Jedi. He's the only one who is officially a Jedi who has been trained in any real level. Uh, the Though he, though he did kind of have the uh, correspondence course version of Jedi training, as we know, <laughs> but still, there's nothing that says that he hasn't learned enough to truly be, you know, a a a much better Jedi than we really thought he was going to be. But <laughs> the last we saw him, uh, and if if your if your theory holds true that he's been communing with yes, with Ben and and, and, yes. and Yoda, yeah, so there's no reason to think that he hasn't been communing with Obi Wan and Yoda all this time. So even though he has, you know, he was the last living Jedi. It doesn't mean he hasn't learned other things. Because when you think about it, technically speaking, if we ever want to see Jedi spirit Luke, he's going to have to learn that from Obi Wan and Yoda. <laughs> and he certainly wasn't taught that when he was alive. So he's going to need to be taught that. And, and, and it'd be kind of stupid not to do it. Because why would you waste the opportunity to have Jedi Luke? You know, Jedi spirit Luke. Um, and there's the ideas that, you know, he found, like, Obi-Wan had a holocron on Tatooine, or maybe, you know, he found something else, especially now that he went back to where the first Jedi Temple was. That there's lots of different things, but the point is, I think, it refers to Luke now, Rey is going to be his apprentice, so as soon as that begins, as we now know how the Jedi training actually worked, technically, you know, she's a Padawan, but she, you know, she still, she still would be referred to in many levels as a Jedi, she's just not a, you know, not... So that, so I think it refers to... Luke foremost, both of them at one point where they both exist, and then eventually down the road when Rey's the last one left, the last official Jedi left before she, Or it could even... Who knows? By the, by the end of episode 9, Rey could already have an apprentice, so maybe that... Is, so maybe she will... She really... She will already have somebody she's training, but... 
by that point. But I think it refers to all of that, both of them, at least. I think it, I think it's going to transition. No, I don't think it means Luke is going to die. Luke, I, I think Luke is going to make it to Episode Nine. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I, I. And if he wasn't going to make it before, especially with Carrie Fisher being off the table, I think they probably would rework it to make him make it to Episode Nine now. <laughs> I don't think you want to have all you may all three stars of the original trilogy be by one by, forced in some cases to be out of the of all three of these movies, not having. So I think it refers to Luke, and I I don't. And I do think it, and all the rumors indicate, yes, it's going to mirror Empire to a certain extent, but but with some twists, and that's kind of would be okay. We didn't get a whole lot of real twists in, in The Force Awakens as far as the beats, you know? So, yeah. So, so that's uh, the, the, and the... And the next thing? Uh, let's see. So t- today, today, as we're recording this, so this at least is timely, so we found out that A, what Matt Reeves actually has signed on to d- direct... Ben Affleck's The Batman movie, which of course, like about ten days ago, he was he was who Warner Brothers wanted. About six days about six days ago, he was supposedly out, <laughs> and now so now he's supposedly signed, and he's ab- absolutely until until he quits, like most DC directors do, <laughs> that he's actually going to be doing you know the Batman solo movie. So that's probably that's a plus. At least they got a name, one of the names that they really wanted when Ben Affleck kind of gave that up. And we'll talk. I'll let you talk about that too. But be, we'll throw out the other thing that supposedly DC Warner Brothers is going to be pursuing and looking into doing a Nightwing DC yeah, DCU buddy. movie. Uh, so we will we will see. Of course, that also that also makes you wonder when exactly they're going to introduce Dick Grayson when that's going to come into play uh, to do that. So excited about the Nightwing! I don't know. Would I know anything Matt Reeves has directed? Planet of the Apes. The, the uh, current ones? Yes. Okay. Um, I have no time. When a, unless a director has directed something like, uh, and not that those movies aren't good, but that I associate with like a phenomenally high-quality movie. I mean, I'm just talking about like... Right, I know what you mean. I mean, scripts, casting, I mean, the whole thing blows your mind. Then I really don't typically care. Um <clears throat> But the idea that there's going to be a Nightwing movie, that that excites me on so many levels because Nightwing traditionally is a lighter-hearted character than Batman, but trained by Batman. So you're going to essentially get a light-hearted Batman movie in live action. Not as light-hearted as the guy who uh, as the Lego Batman movie itself, obviously, <laughs> because they're not going to go that route, but it's going. It's going to like bridge the gap. Like I'm just so excited to see it. Like I have no idea what they're going to do. I'm assuming it's going to be in Bloodhaven. Probably. Uh, and I really hope. It, I mean, I know they they don't have any uh, pictures of costumes or anything, but any link you see to the article, they all use the blue suit. You know, the 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 uh, black uh, with the the blue symbol on it uh, suit, which would be awesome to see. Have you did you watch that YouTube serial that was posted? The Nightwing thing that somebody did? I don't it's like think a, so. It's really good. You should you should you should watch it. Everybody should watch it. It's like five or six episodes, I think. Somebody did this this uh, this live action low budget but high budget for like a, a free YouTube serial 
professionally done Nightwing miniseries. And each episode is maybe five to ten minutes, something like that. But it's on YouTube. It's phenomenal. You should check it out. That got me hyped, like thinking, because uh, unless they're still doing it, wasn't TNT going to do a Titans series? Like a live-action Titans TV show? That sounds somewhat familiar. Uh, and the, the for a while, Nightwing has been discussed for a long time. I mean, Nightwing has been rumored slash discussed as a TV show concept since Smallville. Um, so it's been in the water forever. Um, so the idea that there's going mean, to... I have no particular ties to Nightwing. He's not even one of my favorites of the Bat family. But just knowing what I do know about him and the stories I've read with him, just the idea that we're going to have that... that a really good fighter, but with a light-hearted... Like, you know, a Batman-level fighter. And, and, and acrobat, and, you know, he's even got the detective skills and, and stuff like that. But with a lighter-hearted touch in live action, I'm so excited to see that. I'm just really stoked for that. Yeah, it's. Pro- I mean, overall, it's it's pretty pr- it's pretty promising. I mean, the problem is, um, we 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 know realistically at this point, there's not a whole lot of reason to expect the product to be particularly good. I guess it's a I. I guess it's definitely a. You can be cautiously optimistic since it's supposed to be the, what the director of Batman Lego doing it. So I guess that's kind of be that would kind of be a little bit more. Well, an, an, another point in its favor, and you never know if this is like uh, DC directing media as a story point number four to bring up. Evidently, there has been test screenings of Wonder Woman, and the reviews are positive, saying it's the best DCU movie to date. Which obviously isn't to say, say much. I was, was going to say, let's leave out the automatic joke there, but. But, but, but again, sometimes those things are obviously kind of biased. So, you know, DC will pick people they know are going to freak out, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but supposedly the test screening has, uh, has wowed a lot of people. For Wonder Woman, <laughs> the School for the Blind gave it three thumbs up. <laughs> 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 Only kidding, people. Um, yeah, it's we. T- time's gonna tell. I mean, at the end of the day, what, I mean, Wonder Woman's. Gonna, we know Wonder Woman's gonna make money. I don't know how much money it'll make. It's kind of interesting to see what the ceiling is. I mean, if Suicide Squad could make the money it made, you would think if Wonder Woman is actually good, you would think it at least could make that much money, you would think. But one, but there isn't any real track record to know if Wonder Woman's that has that much of an appeal. Uh, that, that and so and we have to see that it's good. I mean, we they desperately need a critically <laughs> Well received movie in the DC, in the DC cinematic universe because <laughs> it's kind of I because if I had to bet money if I I would say if it ain't Wonder Woman I don't think it's gonna be Justice League <laughs> could be wrong but Zack Snyder's not exactly hit him, hitting them out of the park you know so I don't know I think Wonder Woman is their best hope so they need to try to turn the momentum around so we'll see. All right. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. Else, do you think we're overlooking something? No, I think we're good. Uh, you want to go ahead and close this out? 
<clears throat> sure, if you'd like to contact us, lanterncast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can access our latest episodes, our Dark Store reviews. We should reach out to Jim, because <laughs> we haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> uh, mo- uh, movie reviews, a uh, whole bunch of stuff, Ring Cyclopedia episodes. Uh, in fact, well, I-, I have a video I might do, which is kind of, it's not really Ring Cyclopedia-esque, but I still might do it because it might be interesting to people. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to locate us on all of those. iTunes and Stitcher, we are on both. So if you like to, if you listen to us on either platform or both, feel free to leave us a positive review. Always appreciated. Last but not least, our voicemail, 708Lantern. Leave us a voicemail and, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. I think the next episode is... Uh... Uh, the next review episode, Star Trek Green Lantern, right? Yes, we will do Star Trek Green Lantern 1 and 2. We're going to start, you know, we have other episodes planned, obviously. We have your spinoff and, of course, my spinoff, because I'm going to talk to Jim about getting that uh, next issue of of Pre-Birth done soon, since I promised it'd be out in March, and we're about to hit March, so we want to get that. And, and and you you mentioned it, but I was going to say yes, I am going to come out with Green Lantern, Green Arrow, uh, the next episode. It will be coming out next. It's the next episode you guys will hear after this one. And uh, I I I had made a promise to f- several people that it would be out before the end of February. So I'll probably post it on a Tuesday, <laughs> the twenty eighth, <laughs> the very last day of February, so I can meet that promise. Uh, but that'll be the only episode you get for that week, so you're going to have to calm down. 11.59pm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's up! Uh, so that means uh, the the next episode will uh, after that will be Star Trek Green Lantern, uh, which uh, March 5th through the 12th, I will be out of town. So Mark will post that one up for us. Um, and like I said, we got some other stuff in the works. Be sure to keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter, because Mark and I had a conversation before this, and we are going to tease a few big episodes that we have coming. Now, by coming, I mean in the year 2017. We are not going to give you any dates, but we're going to come up. I'm going to come up with some uh, some images and stuff like that, and we're going to post a teaser of some of the big episodes we have coming in 2017. Um, so. Uh, just you can hold us to a year, but you can't hold us to a specific date. Um, some of them won't be a shock to you, and some of them will get you really hyped. Uh, so, but either way, they're all big episodes. So I would definitely keep an eye on Facebook and Twitter. And if you haven't followed us or liked us, I would definitely do so because I don't think we're going to actually tell you here what those episodes are until you know they're the next episode. You know, they're coming out. We're probably just going to say keep the, that teaser for the people who follow us on social media. So, and you can't blame us for that. <laughs> no, no. Well, in, in the world we live in today, people can blame you for anything. So let's be that's, honest, let's, let's, that's true. You're breathing. You're doing. The, you're committing the ultimate crime. Uh, <laughs> but we can we can do one big spoiler that none of our none of our teasers are going to be about Larfleys. <laughs> No, no. We, we, can, uh, we can we can make a campaign promise that we're going to keep that. The odds are overwhelmingly in favor. We will not be doing Lore Fleece in 2017. 
if we were to ever do Larflees, it would probably be on Halloween, the same way Threshold was. <laughs> but uh, we're not we're not committing to 2017 on that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, this, we'll... de- oh, this decade for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.